been two months since we've uh, been away. Uh, I've put on exactly two kilos <laughs> as well, Ben. Too many push pops and Maltesers, methinks. <laughs> Popcorn flavoured Maltesers. <laughs> we are back. Back again. Would you like to join in? No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, it feels good to be back on the mic with you, mate. Um, although we've recorded quite a few social media videos in the meantime. It's like it felt like the show has not stopped for us. <laughs> it hasn't really. How's your time away been, though? pretty good like uh you know still working from home so it's, it's like i've been on holiday since uh 2019 <laughs> have you great. have you consumed as many brekkie wraps as i have i oh, look i reckon i was i would have been giving you a pretty good run for your money because <laughs> i used to i used to take the dog for a walk at 6 30 in the morning uh-huh. and we'd get back to the car at eight and then magically i'd drive past a hungry jacks on the way home not a sponsor and it would be oh maybe i will get it and none of this none of this None of the, just the brekkie wraps. The big brekkie wraps with the hash brown <laughs> in it and the extra hash brown. I think someone may have introduced you to those. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> and I found out, it always upset me because every time I'd get one, I'd have to go and wait in the little special car park mm-hmm. for uh, people whose food orders are too extravagant for them to have them ready. And it's always because of the hash brown. If you don't get the hash brown, you get fed straight away. If you order the hash brown, they punish you for the potato. As if the carbs in the potatoes aren't punishing you enough, they punish you at the drive-thru as well. Mate, fuck fresh. Damn straight. Cook it the night before, put it in the fridge, and then microwave it for two, for 20 seconds. I'm there. That one hungry, Jack. Get your oh, shit together. Oh, my goodness. I guess we need to get the official welcome out of the way because... Introducing a new person to the team in just a moment. But hello to everybody. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. We are the weekly movie podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran, and by the end of this whole season, I hope to be down at least five kilos. As always, sitting across the desk from me, looking his best keto self, is Mr. Ben Helwig. Hello. Are we <laughs> sponsored by Weight Watchers this, uh, <laughs> this season or something? You've mentioned weight twice. <laughs> twice already, yeah. and we've been recording for about... Two minutes. You know I like to set up a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Is Thinner one of the movies that we're talking about today and I didn't realise it? If you are... Were you uh, cursed by a gypsy? Did you hit a gypsy on the way home? <laughs> if you're a new listener, then welcome aboard. It's great to have you. We hope, uh, hope to keep you as well. And if you're a rusted on regular, then love to you all as well. Hope you missed us and haven't filled the void with burritos like I have. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if you hit a gypsy and she cursed you with only losing five kilos over the course of a year? Like, no matter what you did? What a horrible... That would be... That'd be even worse. Because you'd doubt yourself the whole way and you'd you'd think everything you'd done was a waste of time. It would... It would... It'd be more... More... uh, Horrible than the what actually happens in thinner. <laughs> well, by the sound of it, we're in for a long episode. <laughs> Here's the exciting part. We have a brand new member to the Good Movie Monday team. It's a pleasure to welcome Melissa Begg, who comes to us from the Melbourne Horror Film Society and is also a Spider-Man 2 expert. Ooh, yeah. Hey, Malzi, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Going good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, do you prefer Malzi, Mel or Melissa? Any of the above. <laughs> whatever whatever takes your fancy it's at weird. that given time. I've only ever known you as Melzi. Yeah. And when I hear people say the other one, I'm like, 
Oh, no, I know. It's so weird. That's My wrong. son has just started calling me Melissa. I think <laughs> maybe they're doing something like identity or something at childcare. And he's got this whole thing. And I'm like, I never hear that. It's so bizarre, but very cute. But yeah, so what, whatever, really. <laughs> Is it? I, got, I thought well, it always I only did it to piss my parents off. When I, <laughs> yeah. Nicholas, Agnes. <laughs> I'm sure that's coming. He's only three at the moment. So, like, it's still so he's cute. Still, he's but, still yeah. into you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. waning by the day. But. <laughs> so, you're going to be joining us at the desk every single month, not only as a mouthpiece for the Melbourne Horror Film Society, but as a legitimate member of our team. So, needless to say, we're thrilled to have you on board. Um, and we're going to be talking about the Horror Society soon. Uh, but first, I'd like to do a little get to know you, if that's all right. Something I haven't prepped before. Which is something I like Fabulous. to do. <laughs> <laughs> Scurrying through my notes right now. Yeah, right. The look of delight on Ben's face. <laughs> Finally, it's not me. <laughs> I've got five questions for you. Okay. Yep. First one. What's your favourite movie? Psycho. I think I knew that actually. What's your favourite beverage? Uh, right now, because I'm drinking it, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads into my next one, um, tea or coffee. Coffee. But only a recent thing, only like the last few years. Prior to that, it's been tea. Prior to that, no, water, water, water. Coke Zero, <laughs> anything else. Oh, hot chocolate. There you go. Well, Coke. that sounds like you love and it more. And on the, like, I'm a McDonald's girl, so uh, <laughs> Hungry Jacks isn't sponsoring. <laughs> chocolate shakes, chocolate <laughs> shakes. Those chocolate shakes are pretty good, oh, but yeah. the McDonald's breakfast menu, I, I, like as oh. ever since I was a kid, I haven't been able to get over those. Uh, what are they, the the what are they the the muffin things? The mac and uh, not muffin. What's on the breakfast menu? The, like the, pan, like the pancakes. The or, no, like what? the tip top. Tip top used to do the ads. Oh, with the, the little, English muffins. Yeah, the, yeah, the English, English muffins. muffins. Yeah, those English muffins. That's more obvious I, than I, I'm going. <laughs> like I said, muffins, and you looked at me like I was talking about the like chocolate chip muffins. <laughs> I'm like, not when I worked no. there, yeah. <laughs> you worked there and you can still eat Yeah, I, I know. I, I Like, full on addicted. We used to eat it all the time. Wow. Yeah, and I it's w- always been my thing. Like, I'll take, I'll take Ruben. It used to be my younger brother, who's 19 years younger than me. I'd always take him there and get, he'd get a large size because I'd end up eating half of it. <laughs> and now, because he's an adult now, Ruben. Ruben's my guy. <laughs> because, you know, calories don't count when you bought it for someone else. That's, I believe that's how it works. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. the food comes on a stick. Ruben being your son as well. Ruben being my son, yes. <laughs> There are so many sponsorship opportunities in this episode already. <laughs> I was going to say, I worked for Mr. Cookie for half a day <laughs> and I couldn't eat another cookie for a year. <laughs> I was, half a day and it put me off the smell. There's just the smell of that cooking dough. It, oh. Next question, favourite food. <laughs> <laughs> English breakfast muffins. Oh, probably Mexican. Mm. Yeah. Good choice. Good yeah. choice. And final question. It's the tricky question. Scented bin liners or non-scented bin liners? Non. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> what about you, Benjamin? I don't have a preference. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had yeah, scented ones. I don't spend a great deal of time thinking about it. I am opening up the world to you right now. (laughs) Possibilities. There are such things. And um, as you've guessed, everybody, there is no theme on today's show. (laughs) It is actually just random. And um, congratulations to Qualify. Excellent. As a a random (laughs) member of our team. (laughs) 
And Ben, we've been to quite a few screenings over the past few weeks. But what else have you been up to aside from those? Because we've put them all over social media. Yeah, we have. I haven't. I've been watching a lot of TV, funnily enough. Yeah. Because one, I have very small attention span. Very small. Two, I always tell myself, I I'm not going to be able to stay awake for an entire film, <laughs> and then I watch like 15 episodes of a of a show, mm. uh-huh. and like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird when people same? It's not the people same. say, "Oh, I can't possibly watch a three hour movie," yeah. and yet they'll sit there and binge 12 hours of fucking yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, it's strange. Yeah. yeah, can't do it. So I've just been doing that really. Like I, otherwise, like I don't. I still, my life in quarantine and out of quarantine are shockingly similar. <laughs> yeah. Like I do only leave the house to take the dog for a walk and then go to the supermarket. That's it. <laughs> so, well, you know what? I think we're off to a flying start, and I think everyone should keep listening because there's more to come, more nonsense and uh, and fun, including an interview with Jan Birch who is uh, an actor who's got dozens of credits to his name, including Sky Sharks, Ben. Sky Sharks, the classic. Yes, classic. And um, he's probably best known for his role in Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs, which we're going to talk about a bit later on as part of the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Uh, we also have the rest of the regular gang returning for their regular segments. We've got Chloe Ritchie from the Movie Night with the Ritchie Girls podcast, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm, Joe Chad and James from the Bonehead Weekly podcast, and of course this guy, Jared Garn from Monster Pictures with all the goods on what's been released on Home Entertainment this week. Hey, this is Jarrett. Welcome to PE Class. Now, it's been a decent break between podcasts, so I haven't been able to tell you about some of the releases that are dropped in the early part of this year, and there's been some really good ones. That said, though, I kind of feel that this week may be the biggest week of releases for home entertainment of 2022 thus far. So I'm going to start with Disney. They're releasing Searchlight Pictures' Nightmare Alley. This film didn't garner the same critical acclaim or box office as Del Toro's previous feature, The Shape of Water. However, Disney have seen fit to do the film justice with a 4K Ultra HD release, Blu-ray and DVD. The 4K Ultra HD has Dolby Atmos and the 4K and Blu-ray also contain three featurettes. It is a little light on for special features, but I can't help but feel that maybe there could be a Criterion Collection version of this film in the works you know in the next year or two so you know keep your eyes peeled for that the only thing this release doesn't include is the black and white cut of the movie now that dropped into cinema shortly after the failure of the initial cut and opened in limited release i don't know what it looked like i hadn't seen that cut of the movie have you is it necessary or is it just another case of fury road black and chrome Moving on to Shock, they've got the Kissery documentary hitting Blu-ray and DVD. Of course, this is an A&E doco. It's an epic doco. It goes for three hours on Kiss, and it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Then, Shock are first to market with Wes Craven's Red Eye on Blu-ray. I can't comment on the quality or whether it ports over any of the special features from the DreamWorks DVD, but I'm keen. I'm very keen, because... I think this is probably Craven's most underrated movie of his latter era of filmmaking, so I'll definitely be dropping into a store and flipping the jacket around and seeing what specs and what special features are on it. Then Shock are reviving the Cinema Cult label. This will be the first releases on Cinema Cult for like six months, and they're releasing Peter Bogdanovich's The Last Picture Show in its director's cut on Blu-ray and DVD, and they're also releasing two Joan Crawford-led thrillers, Berserk and Straight Jacket. 
Now, these are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD, but the Blu-rays will contain limited edition slipcase packaging. And what's more, Cinema Cult have upped their game. They've dropped that boring grey border bullshit and gone with the original key theatrical arts. The slips look really nice and hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. Moving on to Umbrella, they're releasing the Everett DeRoche penned, Anthony Ganane produced and Simon Winsor directed thriller Snapshot. It's finally coming out on Blu-ray locally and it's coming out as part of Umbrella's Ozploitation Classics line. And I can say it was definitely worth the wait. This is hands down the most definitive version of the film out there. It's better than the Vinegar Syndrome and 88 Films release. It has an unholy amount of special features. In fact, there's three audio commentary tracks for Sigrid's sake. It's also got the 24-page collector's booklet that was going to be in the Glass Dolls release when Glass Doll were going to put it out on Blu-ray some time ago. So this is a definitive release. Pick it up. It's, it's a cracker of a movie. It really is. Then Heavy Metal is coming out on Blu-ray. This is the cult animated opus from director Jared Potterton and produced by Ivan Reitman, rest in peace. It's coming out on Blu-ray as part of Umbrella's Beyond Genres line. And it's got a ridiculous amount of special features, including a feature-length rough cut of the film as well. Finally, Defiant Screen Entertainment are releasing Black Friday on DVD. This was an official selection at MonsterFest last year. It's a horror comedy and it's got genre luminaries such as Bruce Campbell and Devon Sawa in there. And it's even got a score by Patrick Stump of Fallout Boy fame. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical. So as I said at the top of the show, um, we've been to lots of screenings, Ben. We've watched a lot of movies over the last two months. So maybe let's backtrack and look at some things that we've seen otherwise. Um, uh, actually, let's talk about the ones we have seen. If people haven't been on our social media, we've seen uh, <laughs> Celine Dion biopic called Aileen. Aileen. <laughs> now, that's a, now that's a horror movie. That <laughs> I it's like The Orphan, but without the sexy stuff. <laughs> Yep, and we reacted to the Liam Neeson thriller Black Light. That was another interesting one. Geriatric action film. Uh, then there was Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Which... Yeah. <laughs> that, that was an interesting conversation. I kind of like that a, one. A tentpole movie on a budget. <laughs> yep. Uh, there was the rom-com Marry Me. Which that was actually, I think... The, you and the... I enjoyed that more than anyone else, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Evidently, Ever. like I thought that we all walked out of that, that screening... In agreement, that was a pretty fun movie. Apparently not. No? <laughs> no. Um, I've been told it was the worst film of the year. But Just goes to show you that no one else knows what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And plus, we also recorded a bunch of summer series videos um, back in January, February. Did we? <laughs> yep. Okay. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> right. Was I on them? You were on a was few of them. Yeah, you were on a few okay. of them. <laughs> If you say so, I believe you. Okay, so have you seen anything that's been worth watching uh, in the meantime? So you can go Like new-wise? No. Whatever you Well, want. probably. <laughs> People but listen to our show, they want recommendations. What do you got for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, like, funnily enough, I walked in on somebody else watching this movie and I couldn't this help myself. <laughs> that sentence went slow yeah. enough to really lead me on. <laughs> There that were no the, pants on. That was the old, the old John Wayne trick there of yeah. stretching out his yeah. hands. I walked in on someone else watching this movie and I couldn't help myself but sit down and watch it again. <laughs> and I don't. It's, I think it's been about 10 years since I've seen it. Mm. Uh, and it is 
excellent. It's a damn fine film. I assume that everyone has seen it, but just in case they haven't, I'm going to talk about it Are you stretching so you can find it on your phone? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it went to sleep on me, and Face ID only recognises my ass. It doesn't recognise my actual face. Turn back on. I have to stick it in my pocket, otherwise it does not work. Uh, no, this, it's, uh, I just couldn't remember the, the year. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie called Night of the Comet from 1984. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you've everyone's seen it here, mm-hmm. right? Excellent film. Starring uh, Catherine Mary Stewart from The Last Starfighter and mm-hmm. Kelly Maroney from Chopping Mall and other great Jim Wynorski films. I'm sure <laughs> everyone out there has seen all of the Jim Wynorski <laughs> films by now. Uh, and Robert Beltran. Uh, and it, it reunites Robert Beltran and Mary Wurinov from Eating Raoul, where he was <laughs> Raoul, who gets eaten. <laughs> and she's like Mrs. Bland. And they appear. they also appear in Chopping Mall. Like Paul Bartel and Mary Wurinov make a cameo appearance as Mr. and Mrs. Anyway, I love that. Enough, <laughs> enough tangents. But this movie—it's it's like a great kind of end of the world type movie where there's a like it's very day of the Triffids. There's a comet that goes past, and everyone who's out watching the comet uh, gets turned into little bits of red dust. <laughs> and the only people, well, seemingly people who are in like steel um, kind of things, are safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people who are also like undercover, they, they get infected and they become like new wave zombies. Because if you're going to be a zombie, you want to be a new wave zombie. You do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so Catherine Mary Stewart, she's, she's banging her boyfriend in, the, in a bunker that is now being used as a projection booth at a, at a grindhouse cinema. And there's all sorts of cool stuff. Like the guy whose name I can't remember now, but he's Buck who likes to fuck in Kill Bill. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he's, I think he's the asshole boyfriend in Valley Girl. But um, he's the projectionist and he's like selling black market prints of like 50s sci-fi movies and stuff. It's pretty awesome. But um, she's hiding out there and her sister is, uh, uh, I think she has a fight with their stepmom and goes and hides in the, in the garden shed. So they both come out okay. Everyone else is pretty much gone except for, I think, uh, well, Robert Beltran turns up. He's like a, he's like a, like a long haul trucker. Mm-hmm. Who happened to spend the night in his truck, so he's okay, and uh, everyone else is like, everyone else who's still alive is is infected, including Jeffrey Lewis and Mary Warner, who are like scientists in a in the middle of the desert, some of the California desert somewhere, like living underground. But they're also they they have been infected by the radiation, and they're slowly turning into new wave zombies. Or where where is that these days, like streaming wise? I'm pretty sure it's on... It's got to be on Tubi or Prime or something like that. Yeah, Prime maybe? Prime? I've got it on Blu-ray because Arrow put out a pretty spectacular Blu-ray of it a couple of years ago. I'm not too too keen on the artwork, but, uh, you know, that's just a personal preference. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, it's such a cool movie. It's been at least 10 years since I've watched it. It's definitely worth a a revisit. Mm, well, you I went to some... one of our screenings recently. Oh, I mean, you? in the last couple of few years. Really? A couple, but it would have been right. a few. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to buy it because I don't even think I own it. It's travesty. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for something a little more contemporary. I found a little thriller when I was scrolling one of the streaming platforms. I can't remember which one. It's called My Son, and it's filmed with um, James McAvoy and Claire Foy. Um, have you heard of this one? It's. Really, really taut, tense kind of thriller about a divorced couple whose son goes missing from a school camp, um, presumably abducted. And this is in Scotland. And um, the investigation soon starts to, you know, un- uncover a sex ring, child sex ring and all that kind of stuff. And then the cops suddenly abandon the investigation because obviously they've tapped into something that's very sinister and connected. Mm-hmm. And then 
one of the, the the chief investigators sort of gets the parents on the down low and just says, you're going to have to find this guy by yourself. So then it's this divorced husband and wife that have to get together to track down these child sex traffickers. And it's fucking intense. And it's really good and highly recommended. And it was only after I watched it, I realized it's a remake of a French film. So the fact that the remake is so powerful, you know, I really want to go back and watch the French one now, but highly recommend it. My son, very, very good. What about you, mate? Well, I know you guys have already spoken about this on one of your videos, but... Is um, it Heavenly Bodies? Did you watch Heavenly Bodies? (laughs) That would be amazing if you watched Heavenly Bodies. No, it is the new or new-ish now, Scream. Ah. Ah. Yeah, I had to go with it. I mean, I saw it on the day after opening and I fucking (laughs) love the Scream franchise. Like, that's my jam. So what, well, I was going to say, what happens in, I can't remember what happens in, so mm-hmm. two is the university, what's yep. three? Three. Well, is that the I movie, mean, is that the movie one? Spoiler. <laughs> yes, it's that's the movie the, one. the movie one with James Taylor Bob. So yep. then what's yes. four, and that's. Four's well, four. it's like a new generation. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. So she's right. staying with her cousin, Emma Roberts. Like ah, it's the Emma Roberts Emma one. Roberts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, all right. Like, I have seen them all. Yeah. Then. So five or five or 2022 scream, whatever you want to say. Um, it's kind of a bit of a retreading of four, but four kind of, I don't know. It's, it's more like, even though this one's the first one that isn't directed by Wes. And so I was quite nervous going into it. Um, excited, but nervous. Um, it's, it's, been long enough, like it's 25 years since mm. the first one. I think it's been long enough for us to like really hit on those nostalgia beats. Like I, within three <laughs> minutes, I was fucking like laughing audibly and crying. Some, someone had a really... I it really sad that someone you guys didn't see it with no, me. No, someone had a really strong, <laughs> strong reaction to this film. <laughs> like it was... Yeah. Re- like I had to be consoled <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous and it kind of was ridiculous, <laughs> but um, I think it's like, like I was at the perfect age when the first one came out. I can remember as clear as day watching it in my best friend at the times, like bungalow. And so, you know, scream and scream. Like I literally screamed. <laughs> no, no, very well behaved. So I'm like in the part where Ghostface is, oh, Sydney goes out onto the front porch and is like, can you see me now? Can you see me now? And like, you know, calls his bluff and then walks back and then Ghostface jumps out of the, like, I remember screaming <laughs> and it was just like the best experience. And so like I've grown up mm. with these characters and they're such lovable characters. You've got an emotional connection for I sure. I do. And it's like... Yeah, I don't know. It was just this real <clears throat> cathartic experience, I think. Like, I don't take the time to really look back and go, shit, like, I'm kind of old now. <laughs> we and do it all the time. No, I was, I, was, I was listening to you thinking, going, this is like having Sam on the show again. <laughs> and I thought the agreement was we didn't get people who were dramatically younger than us <laughs> oh, on I've the show anymore, Glenn. I've got something coming up that's going to make you feel really uh, old, mate. Because I, I was already over it when the first one came out. I was like, oh, this is a... Uh, <laughs> There's a retread of, every, of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, but it's fascinating because he's right in a way because I, I'm, we're the same age. And when Scream came out, we both felt like oh, this is a new generation doing things that we've already done mm, mm. and we know all these things. Mm. And yet your generation, you know, slightly younger, 
completely it's the first entry point yeah. for you and it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. So I appreciate where you're coming from. And there I mean, were don't get lines of dialogue that were literally, it was like they could see me <laughs> in the audience and they were speaking to me and paying me out, yeah. but I fucking still loved it. You know, like I was just like, oh, oh my so. God, that is me now. Oh, this God. is like the Purple Rose of Cairo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> She came out of the screen <laughs> and romanced me. Like the beginning of Stab. <laughs> well, that, and that's the other thing. Not only do you have to, and so, you know, you do kind of, to watch it and really get the most out of it, you do kind of need, an, you know, an understanding of the Scream series. But not only that, but also the Stab movies. Yeah. <laughs> I freaking love that. I love that they're calling back on Stab and, like, putting in new, you, you know, yeah. new like, scenes from Stab. Like so in, in Blowout. My favourite part of Blowout is the horror movie that he's making at yeah. the start. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, where's that movie? Yes. It's the same in Scream 5 or whatever mm. it's called. I was like, where's that stab? What was it? Stab Absolutely. 8 or whatever it is. Yes. Like, yeah. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, yeah. I was watching it the whole time and thinking, I wish that the Stab franchise had kept up with the Scream franchise in numerical terms. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? But anyway, that's an excellent, um, excellent recommendation. Yeah. We, we enjoyed that one. We liked it a lot. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes, I would agree. <laughs> uh, one more each. Ben, what have you got next? Uh, uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> Let me just check I my... I must say, like, imagine walking out of a cinema from Scream 5 and then just seeing someone saying, they're there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Consoling their friend. <laughs> I know. What's I'm that? sure people What's were that looking all at about? us. I'm sure people are looking at us. Like, like that really... That really affected it. <laughs> but what, I can't remember what movie it was I went to see. Something at, it was a horror movie. It was like at, at a movie marathon at Hoyts in Chatty. And someone, the first movie was a horror film. And at one point, this girl screamed and literally bolted out of the cinema. And then like crawled back in in shame. Like a, <laughs> like a real walk of shame. And then to 10 minutes later, do it again. <laughs> I could remember what the film was, but uh, you know, that's good. Best exotic marigold hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was the all of the the lack of, uh, of hand wash yeah. in that in that in all the hotel rooms. It drove her insane. Well, and that's the movie I consoled you after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was very upset that uh, that what's her name didn't get it on with the other guy. Moving on. That's my memory. <laughs> Who is it? The one he turns out to be gay, but she wants to. She still wants to do him anyway. That's the guy from Batman, and you know, I'm like that guy. The, I'm like the customer who comes into the video store. Goes, <laughs> yeah. What's that film? It's got that girl in it from that other thing, and you they drive. Him anyway. <laughs> you know the They one. were driving a car together, and then uh, are you talking about outrageous fortune? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, no, I'm going to talk about Siege, which right. has another title, uh, Self Defense. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Siege? No. It's a can-exploitation film. Mm. It's made by the same guys who did, I think, Defcon 4, which is all about the... Let's just stop for a moment to say that's one of the worst uh, terms ever. The can-exploitation. <laughs> can-exploitation. Yeah. I think it's great. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a lot better than Canadian exploitation. No, just, you know, they're trying to do the whole exploitation thing, which clearly works. Which, yeah, it works. <laughs> uh, I like it. Like there's a surprising amount of good Canucks. Oh, there are. I'm not saying it's a bad uh, like genre or whatever, but you it's just like, like a, the word. The word is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, this is coming from an honorary, honorary Canuck, though. If you say so. <laughs> just because you went to school with Neil Blomkamp doesn't make you part Canadian. Uh, 
you're dropping names for me. Come on, carry on. Uh, but it's it, basically, it's like a, um, it's kind of like Assault on Precinct 13, mm. but it all happens in a tenement building because uh, just down the road, there's a, uh, there's a gay bar and these redneck Canadians uh, decide that they're going to roust the place. And it goes a bit too far when one of them gets a bit too crazy and they start executing everyone oh, in, the, in, in the bar. And one guy escapes and he runs off and hides in this tenement building where these four families mm. are, are living. And then the, the rednecks, because they know he's seen their faces and knows who they are, they surround the building and they it's like a tense kind of standoff thing. It's, it's really... It's I really have to say, nice. is David Hewitt in it? No. Well, then it can't be Canadian. <laughs> it, it should be. Like, he would have been, like, too young and too pretty. Yeah, right. Like, I find David Hewitt is the most amazing, like, looking guy yeah. I've ever seen because, like, you know, in Pin and things like... Was that... Was it My my Superhero? What's that one where Jerry O'Connell plays the kid with superpowers? My Secret kid? Identity? My Secret Identity. Yeah. He's, like, he's in the first episode of that, he's, like, the tough, good-looking... And then he puts on like 20 kilos, <laughs> his hairline recedes a little, and all of a sudden, he's Fat Nerd Rodney <laughs> from Stargate Atlantis. And he was in, I mean, he's in Cube, isn't he? The, he's in Cube, yeah. Is he the guy in Cube? He's, is he the expert who gets killed like in the first, like... Oh, not quite, but um, he's also the guy that's running from the chimp in bloody <laughs> in, Planet yeah, of the Apes. He's the next door neighbour. Yeah, which Hilarious. is what, it's all he deserves to be. Like, you get to be the star of we've awesome... So, we've so had this conversation, I'm yeah. like, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get to be the star of, you get to be a star of, of awesome, like, 80s horror movies. Yeah. But the only, the only roles you're allowed to have in mainstream movies is as next door neighbours mm-hmm. or... Like, he had a string cool. of like DTV starring roles like Scanners Two and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. <laughs> but he was, but in those, but in those movies, he's like he's in Pin and stuff. He's mm. like a pretty. Yeah, he's yeah. like a pretty looking guy, and it it just goes horribly wrong for him in middle age. <laughs> I'm so sorry, David Hewitt. Well, particularly, <laughs> particularly, what was he in recently? Um, he's in a TV show recently where he plays like the um, oh, it's uh, Clarice. You know the Silence of the Lambs yeah, right. spinoff mm-hmm. or sequel. He plays like the uh, the asshole boss. Um, that comes yeah, into no, he's the asshole rival of the asshole. Boy. Yeah, he's like the internal <laughs> affairs kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, and he's yeah, you're right. He's um, he's had a few pizzas. He's, yeah, he's great. Like, but that I think like Rodney and Stargate Atlantis. Like, he really got to live in that character for five years, <laughs> yeah. and now it's so hard to see him anything as not like a science nerd. Yep. Which you know, I prefer. I prefer his kind of science nerd to a like MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> Like, who, funnily enough, is also in Stargate. I'm talking way too wow. much about Stargate. Atlanta. But that kind of nerd where you're like, come on, someone that good looking does not pay that much attention were there any? School. Were there any Why sieges in Stargate Atlantis? There are plenty of sieges in Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> but none, there was no gay planet where the survivors had to flee. Uh, and it's, the thing too, it's like a really seedy kind of, like innocent gay bar, like it's like like the like the the gay bar in um in Police Academy, yeah. but there's only five people the in it. Blue Oyster Bar, only, the Blue Oyster Bar. There's only one guy in leather. There's one like transvestite, <laughs> and then the other the other guys are all just like normal, like it's no hanging out, hanging out, <laughs> hanging out. But they're all but it, there's like there's only like ten people in the bar, and it's it's no cruising. No, it's no cruising. No, there's no it's more there's of a no, <laughs> There's no hank. There's no handkerchiefs. 
There's no light system. <laughs> it's uh, you know, and they're not they're not playing uh, like a waltz or a tango or any <laughs> music <laughs> on there. <laughs> There's none of that. They're just playing like normal kind of eighties music. How does it stack up against the gay bar in A Nightmare on Elm Street? Two? <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a cruising yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to. Uh, I don't know. I've got, I have to watch Nightmare on Elm Street two again because <laughs> no. I do. I do like it's, to. It's sweaty. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's dank. It's dank. I mean, like I like to compare like um, villain lairs. Like if you watch Enter the Ninja, the the millionaire uh, the millionaire villain in that he's got like. He hangs out in a giant kind of pool room and where he's got like fat henchmen and bikini babes who all he seems to discuss all his business in front of <laughs> and they're all but none of them do anything. Like he doesn't send them on missions or anything when uh, Franco Nero's out kicking their ass. And you're like, This is like he's got a great he's like he's like Scorpio in uh oh, no not Scorpio, like uh like Doctor No. Mm. You mm. know, who has like, Yes, I have a nuclear silo, <laughs> but I also have this awesome pool <laughs> and uh, these rock you know, these rock barbs. How did we get there from Siege? Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, Vinegar Syndrome have put it out on Blu-ray. <laughs> it is available. You can awesome. you can grab it now. I highly recommend it. Awesome. I said, actually, oh, fuck, I hope it's Vinegar Syndrome that put it out. Mm. Doesn't matter. People Can't can remember. find it. Just Google. Um, I'll, I'll take the next one right and then now. you can um, close it. it. So I watched another film, which I think I talked to you about, Mel. Uh, the boys, uh, the boy behind the door. Wow, I was now, wondering if you were going to bring this one up. This was from 2020. It just caught me off guard. It's another one I discovered just by scrolling through those thumbnails on, I think it was Netflix, or whatever. It's a really strange um, blending of like a legitimate uh, abduction horror, crossed with like bucket Severin. <laughs> crossed with like um, your coming of age adolescent adventures that you used to have in the eighties. So it's about these two boys that are abducted terrifyingly from just playing in the woods, you know, and then they're snatched, which is every parent's worst nightmare. And then once they find themselves locked in this house, a bit like people under the stairs almost, mm-hmm. they've got to band together to get out of it. And it's aren't like, they already together? Aren't they already friends? Yeah, they're friends, but so, they're snatched like together. Yeah, but you said they have to band together, like they're already together. Yeah, but they're separated in the house. Oh, okay. They're locked in separate rooms, right? Actually, one is locked in a room and the other one has to go in to get him. What? Semantics. <laughs> just, just very pedantic, Glenn. You know this. <laughs> Let's talk about Siege a little more, shall we? <laughs> gay bars. <laughs> I've got a couple of great gay bar stories, so maybe I'll save those. <laughs> but um, for the TikTok. Yes, that's right. Uh, this is um, <laughs> this is a, a really intensely exciting movie. It's a really hard one to sort of pin it down as a genre, but um, it's got a few silly moments and glaring sort of implausibilities in there that kind of make it a, a slightly lesser film, but you don't pay for it if you've already got the streaming service. So it sounds a bit like Fresh. It sounds a bit like Fresh. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does a bit. It's not quite as intense as Fresh. Right. Um, that final act. Fre- fresh is a new film that's um, opening at cinemas, I think, this week. Not cinemas, on Netflix. It's oh, streaming. Streamer. It's going it's straight to streaming this stars week. Stars on Disney+. Plus. That's right. Anyway, whoa, fuck, man, this episode is full of digressions. <laughs> fresh. I recommend it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and the boy behind the door, too. Um, what uh, what streaming service was it on? Sorry? Disney Plus. No, no, no. That's, is that fresh? Or yeah. is that this one as well? <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to correct you cause <laughs> I, because I watch your things and yep. take things in, and I was actually going to say, no, it's Disney Plus. Disney I remembered Plus. from your Instagram post. Which one? Uh, fresh. Oh, yes. But, but, but I'm not talking about fresh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. What's the other Where's the other one? What's the other <laughs> one called? How many people does it take to remember? <laughs> All right. What, what, what were you talking about? Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> the Boy Behind the Door. It's on a streaming service. 
You don't know which one. I can't remember. That's what I opened with. We should have just kept it rolling and you wouldn't have had to have admitted that. I've changed my mind on that. I am going to watch it because when you told me about it and I was like, I can't deal with anything with kids because I'm a single mum and it's just too scary. But I was in the throes of um, the hole in the ground was one that we screened. The Melbourne Horror Film Society screened um, as one of our online watch parties during lockdown. And it fucked me up like it was like single mom son and uh, yeah and so I was like I can't watch anything more because I went through the whole movie completely fine and then just the ending I'm bawling <laughs> people are consoling me over oh again. My God. It's, a, it's a bit of a cream isn't it I promise it doesn't happen very often <laughs> lockdown got us all guys okay <laughs> and uh, people are like oh it's fine it was fine it's all fine and I'm like yeah but uh, and yeah all, all the emotions so I'm just like I can't watch anything with kids anymore but yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I, I will I will do it. Well, on the next episode when Mal's on, we'll talk about kids, the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, because isn't it hole in the ground, that's like when you're a kid, that's where you don't want your mum to come in and find you. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulating. <Is> that... <laughs> All right, moving along. I didn't, it had okay. to be. Malzy, what have you got? All right, so... Don't get angry with me. Well, angrier than you already are. But um, <laughs> furious, we're furious. <laughs> Hijacking things. Um, so not a movie. I promise I won't do it again. But it has to do with okay, the Chucky series. No, I said Chucky that was. Uh, I said that was fine. It's yeah. a sequel to movies. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, created by Don Mancini. And it's set after the seventh film, 2017's Cult of Chucky. The series follows misfit Jake, who's 14 years old and picks up a good guy doll at a local vintage yard sale. It's a bit of a coming age story. Have either of you watched it? Oh, yes, I have. have. I've watched four or five episodes. Yeah. I checked out of the Chucky series at the Military Academy 3, I think. Oh, Uh, did you? I I haven't even seen the remake. No, I haven't haven't seen the remake either. Didn't you watch that the other night? No, no, I might have been watching... I was probably watching the series ah, with my son. I mean, yeah. child, correct, child protective services. <laughs> I wasn't watching it with my three-year-old son. He made me put it on. He yeah. was like, "Mummy, I want to watch Chucky," and I'm like, mm. "That was me as a kid." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do as a three-year-old? Yeah, he loved it, and then he made like, and then he wanted, the next day we had to. For watch me, it was um. Really. Yeah. Yeah. For me, at three years old, it was. You remember that scene in one of the Poltergeist sequels with the razor oh. wire they get tangled in? That's. You know, yeah. that and no, my the stories. Tr- the tree. That yeah. freaking tree. And my stories of watching Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and Ghoulies back to back when I was like six. Like, you know, this is yeah. perfectly normal uh, child yeah. racing. Yeah. I don't think, I think the scariest thing about any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies is the, the centipede coming out of the mouth. In the trailer. In the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Much more scary than the, than the actual <laughs> films themselves. That, back to Chucky. Back to Chucky. Mouth. So, um, so it's got massive queer representation. The main character is um, gay and Mancini himself. <laughs> Chucky's gay in the well, Chucky series. Actually, <laughs> he could, he's very he's... queer. Like it's there's a lot of and right. well, yeah, he's a doll. Sorry, I won't give anything <laughs> She's more away. She's a doll. Um, <laughs> they is they is a doll. <laughs> it's a doll. It's sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, a number of original characters return. You get Charles Lee Ray's backstory. And I won't spoil all of the returning characters, but yes, Jennifer Tilly is in it. And she has one of my favourite moments of the series. Uh, she says to one of the teenagers, aren't you a little young to have seen Bound? And I squealed. <laughs> and I did write my honest thesis. One of my chapters was on Bound. So I was just like... Oh, is she playing herself? Yes. 
Oh, excellent! Yes. And yes. she's but she was Tiffany in the sequels that you haven't seen. She's um the bride. Oh, yeah, no, the I know she's in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, but like, no, she's playing. I haven't yeah, seen the films, whole, but I know about. <laughs> but yeah, she's playing herself. In, yeah, right. and, um, so it's like it's like uh, Heather. What's her name in um, New Nightmare? She's yeah, playing herself yeah. sort of. Yeah. Sort and of. Freddie comes out of the movie. It's more like sort Julia of. Roberts in Ocean's Thirteen or Twelve. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. See. yeah. So you've got Fiona Dourif playing multiple characters. Leave that one there as well. Um, Brad Dourif, incredible as always. Wise, cracking, callous in the way that he manipulates and corrupts the townsfolk. It's funny, like hilarious. Yep. And one story arc is inspired by boxing Helena. Oh, oh excellent. Amazing. So, amazing. Yeah. Does, yeah. If does you've it, seen that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> does it have any, does it take into account the remake? Does the remake exist no, in this? Okay. No, no, not the remake. But the remake is good in its own right because it actually changes what, Chucky is, and his whole purpose turns him into a protector as opposed to a like a murderer, right? Like you know, because he's programmed to protect Andy at all costs because he's like a, a smart toy, mm. and then when he malfunctions, it means he goes overboard. So if you're mm. a threat right. to Andy, mm-hmm. he will kill you. He kills you. Which I actually like that dynamic, and I think mm. they got away with making a reboot by being a bit audacious and doing something different. Yeah. Awesome. I really enjoyed what I've seen of this show yeah. so far because it is a legitimate sequel. Yeah. yeah, and I actually haven't seen past. Bride, so I need to go back and rewatch yes. them all because there I know there is so much in it yep. that takes in the later the, movies, but it's still it's still enjoyable. The last I will two ones, Colt and Curse yeah. of Chucky, are really good because they bring Andy Barclay back. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's very yeah. cool stuff, and that's where um, uh, um, what's her name? Fiona. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's where she comes into yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, available on nine now. You do <laughs> yeah. have to watch ads, but I'm always doing a million things at once. I so thought I don't it was a Shutter show, them. but it's on nine now. I've got no, I, don't, so I didn't have to be watching. I don't the... think it's on oh, Shutter. Okay. Here. Here. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, nine now, but I do work for Channel 9, so that's a disclaimer. <laughs> but it is completely <laughs> fine. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Guillermo here from ScreenRealm.com. Happy to be back on Good Movie Monday for 2022. Hope everyone's been well out there. Here, as always, to tell you a little bit about what we've covered on the website in the past week on ScreenRealm.com. First of all, yours truly has reviewed the long-awaited, highly anticipated DC film The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson playing the Dark Knight. I really enjoyed the film, thought it worked well as a dark detective crime thriller with a horror tone, and I thought Pattinson was quite good as this brooding, depressed Bruce Wayne. A few minor qualms, I thought Bruce Wayne's character slash Batman's character was a little one-note, and it's a little long for my liking. I don't mind long films, but when I can notice it's a little long, meh, that's not a good sign. But look, overall, I really enjoyed this film. Four out of five stars. You can go to ScreenRealm.com, check out the complete review. We also took a look at a report for Beetlejuice 2, a sequel that's been stuck in development hell for decades now, could actually be happening. And it's thanks to Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's production company Plan B has come on board the long gestating project and ignited hope that cameras could be rolling as early as this year. Plus, with original stars Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder reprising their roles. Now news broke on The Ankler about this and then was confirmed by Deadline. Not too much to go on since apparently it's in early development at Warner Brothers. Still early development considering director Tim Burton was making moves towards a sequel way back in 1990. So far this may be the closest it's come to actually being an actual project that actually gets made actually. So Beetlejuice 2, I'll keep you informed. 
and it looks like there's a new Planet of the Apes movie that's going to be filmed this year. That's the plan at 20th Century Studios anyway, with the studio president Steve Asbell telling The Hollywood Reporter, we are expecting a draft very shortly and it's Wes Bell attached to direct, we hope to go by the late summer, early fall. Wes Ball is the director of the three Maze Runner films. Now, whispers of this new Planet of the Apes movie have been going around for the last couple of years, but this is pretty much confirmation that the studio is looking to start filming this year. No plot details have been revealed, although Wes Ball did say on Twitter that he's not looking to reboot the franchise with a whole new story and that, and I quote, Caesar's legacy will continue. Caesar, of course, being the lead ape character from the recent trilogy. Also on the way for 20th Century is a reboot of White Men Can't Jump and they've got musician slash hip-hop star Jack Harlow set to make his acting debut as the lead in the film. This is of course a new take on the 1992 sports comedy that starred Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. That film followed two basketball hustlers who try to hustle each other and then they team up for a bigger score. Jack Harlow, who will be taking on the role previously played by Woody Harrelson, apparently aced his first ever screen audition according to Deadline. Filmmakers and execs were immediately impressed, plus Harlow recently showed off his basketball skills in the NBA All-Star Weekend Celebrity Game. Set to direct the film is a helmer who goes by Cal Matic, known for music videos and his upcoming House Party remake. The search is now on for who will co-star alongside Harlow. We've also got a DVD giveaway right now at ScreenRealm.com. The third season of A Discovery of Witches is being released on DVD by Acorn Media on March 9th. And we have 10 copies to give away, so jump on the website, go to our win page to enter that giveaway. Thanks so much for having me guys. As always, movie news, trailers, everything's there. Catch you next time.
in the city by Joe Walsh, Ben. Ah, what a what a what a banger! <laughs> is there a story behind that one, or did you just like choose it for shits and giggles? I chose it because The Warriors is one of the greatest movies of all time, and the soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. And I don't think people sing somewhere in the city like that. Is the it's the, if you're going home after a night out, that is the song to have playing on your on your I'm showing my age your iPod. <laughs> Remember when people your had MP3 iPods? MP3 player, <laughs> your, your disc man, Walkman, Walkman your ghetto blaster. You, it's not really a it's not really a ghetto blaster kind of song. It's a bit too it's a bit too slow. It's like definitely headphones required. But it's you know when you're heading back to Coney. That's the only song that you want to hear. I was just like going through my drawers as you were saying that because I've got like MP3 players and iPods in there. I'm like, (laughs) I've got I've got one of those Zooms. (laughs) Warriors though, such a good film. That's getting an imprint release coming up. It is, and I'm excited because it'll be the first time I think the non-special edition director's cut Mm. version will be on uh, on blue. Although I personally I don't give a shit. I don't mind the comic stuff. It doesn't make any any difference to me, but. There was um, supposed to be some contemporary remake of that coming out too, like a Hollywood reboot, I guess, but yeah, right. put into a every modern time, day. Every time they talk about it too, I, I keep rem- reminding myself that I have to go on eBay and find the book. Because yeah. based on a book, and I'm like, yep. how awesome is this book going to be? <laughs> yep. Um, well, awesome choice in song anyway, mate. Thank you. Uh, Mal, let's talk about the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Let's. That's um, That's sort of, I guess if there is a theme today, that's going to be it. Yep. Um, so... For those of us um, who occupy certain film circles, we are familiar with you a lot and what you do, um, and some of us have been going for several years. You've been going for several years yeah. for the society itself. Um, for the people listening who've never heard of it, can you give a brief summary of what it is and what it's all about? Well, I'm not sure about brief, but... I- <laughs> <laughs> you did say earlier that I'm the mouthpiece yeah. of, the, of the group, so... You've been, you've been sitting next to Ben for too long. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so never met a topic I didn't want to spend at least an hour <laughs> talking about. Settle in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the society was started in 2010 by mm-hmm. Bob Finan. So I think the story is as simple as his partner didn't like to watch horror films and he wanted a group to watch them with. Well, that's a common with. common story. Yeah. Um, yes, I lived that life. <laughs> so he started the group. I think I think it was pretty close. That maybe like 2011. I was a flight attendant at the time and I remember like I was driving home from a flight and um, I saw a poster on a high, high street Northcote. And I quickly pulled my car over and I'm like, oh my God, my people. <laughs> <laughs> and I started going when I could, when I was in town. And um, and then 2016, I, Bob asked me to come on as one of the uh, organisers and, um, you know, yeah, history was made. <laughs> Amazing. So like... Where do you screen? How often do you screen? So it's, well, it's just upped at the moment. So there's four of us, or five of us organising. It's David Laurencine, uh, Adam Kneehands and Sam Doherty. And so we have our traditional Melbourne Horror Film Society screenings, generally the last Tuesday of every month at, in the cinema room at the back of Longplay in mm-hmm. Fitzroy North. Um, and then we've just started doing an extra screening. Um, it's more party vibe, uh, Saturday night projector style at True North in Coburg. Awesome. So, yeah, so we're now doing two screenings a month. And and then in um, October, we have weekly screenings. And February for Women in Horror Month, we do we generally do two screenings for the month. Amazing. And uh, the last 
two screenings. You did Deadly Blessings, which I mm-hmm. went along to. It was a great night. And then you did Near Dark, which I couldn't get to, um, but did record a video for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can attest to these being a heap of fun. And the next screening coming up? So the next one is our one at True North, um, and it's Pieces. Pieces. <laughs> Pieces is a classic. So much fun. Yeah, so we're doing like, yeah, the more... Yeah, the fun, really fun sort of screenings for that. Not that the other ones are, but and then at um, and then Sam is presenting people under the stairs for the last Tuesday of March. A bonafide play. classic, yes. and um, yeah, look, that's that's there you go. That's the theme for today because we do have our interview with Jan Birch from that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a movie so full of like social commentaries and yep. things like that that. Uh, even to the cast at the time, they weren't quite aware of, but mm. Wes Craven clearly was. Yes. You know, he kind of snuck that in there, which is yeah. fascinating which he, to me. He does yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 That's what his interest is. Absolutely. So if anyone wants to get along to see the people under the stairs with you guys, um, long play, North Fitzroy, March 29th. March 29th. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So <laughs> let's throw to our interview with Jan Birch. He played the Stairmaster in uh, People Under the Stairs. Um who also has the honour of being our first guest for the year. So let's have a listen. Hey, Jan, how are you, mate? It's a pleasure to have you on Good Movie Monday. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing great. I mean, under circumstances with this uh, COVID BS we've been dealing with for two and a half years, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I lost three years of my life. But other than that, I, I feel really good. <laughs> well, that's good. There's always a positive. But um, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with like what would be the most obvious question to you. Yeah. Um, is People Under the Stairs the movie you are recognised for the most? Yes, it is for sure. You've it's been for making sure. I don't think for that... twenty years. Yeah, yeah, I've been making movies. Yeah, my first movie in America was uh, uh, Shot '89. It came out '90. That was Slumber Party Massacre Three with Roger Corman. Uh, and then after that, I went straight into uh, Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs. Uh, we just had a we just had a 30th anniversary 30th anniversary uh, in November. Uh, first came out the Halloween weekend, uh, so we had some fun uh, last year with a couple of conventions on that. It's a pretty awesome movie to be associated with. Um, it's definitely a movie that I think feels more powerful now than it did back then. Was the weight of the script and all of the subtext obvious at the time to all the actors? Uh, not at all. Not at all. I didn't even realize the message or, or, or how political the message was until uh, probably like seven years ago <laughs> when we were starting doing all these conventions. Uh, Brandon Adams, myself, Sean Whalen, Kelly Jo Minter, and we start we started having these Q and A's, and and I realized shit. This is a this is a quite a political statement. He made here with that, you know, the the, the white slum lords and and the the black kid was the hero, and I'm like, man, West was way and way ahead of his time here. He definitely you was, because I mean, we have movies now that we we have now dubbed elevated horror, but he was way ahead of the game. Oh yeah, and I mean, he made something very entertainable that people like to watch. And I mean, one thing I want to mention is that I, I can't even count how many people that come up to me. They're in their 30s now and said, hey, I was five years old when I saw that movie. I was 70. I'm like, how did your parents let you see that movie at five or seven? It was just one of those movies that because there was a kid in the lead, uh, a lot of parents let the kids watch it. So that's why it came it became such a, a broad spectrum of audience on this movie, you know? 
Yeah, for sure, man. Oh, look, you mentioned Slum Slumber Party Massacre 3 just before. Can you take us right back to how you got the role for People Under the Stairs? Um, how did it come about, and was Wes Craven sort of part of the audition process? Oh, he definitely was. Uh, I went to a first call with uh, Eileen Knight, first audition uh, with the casting director. And, uh, you know, at that time, he hadn't really developed uh, the Stairmaster. Uh, it was not even called the stairmaster in the script. It was called the big one because he had a bunch, you know, the kids under the stairs and the big one was the leader, the first kid they kidnapped, so to speak. Uh, so when I read for it, I actually read for, uh, uh, you know, my tongue was cut out. Roach's tongue was cut out. But what he did was uh, they had all, uh, you know, me audition for Roach doing all kinds of different movements and trying to run in between the walls. So I did exactly the same audition process as Sean Whalen was doing. So we did that first call. And then uh, a few days later, I got called in and said, hey, you have a call back to meet Wes. So then I went and went there and I, I sat with Wes for about half an hour. He was, he was very patient. He would just talk first. We just talked for 10, 15 minutes about, you know, nothing to do with the movie. And then he said, you know, now I want you to do some things for me. And then, you know, it was still, uh, Roach. It was Roach's movement in the script because Roach was already developed in his mind and he knew what he wanted to do with that. Uh, but, you know, then, uh, you know, we hit it off, uh, you know, apparently really well. And two days later, I just got to call, uh, you booked it. And like a day after that, I think they said, you have to get to KMB uh, to get your body cast and your face cast and everything. It was very fast after that. Wow. And I, I get the feeling he was the gentleman that his reputation sort of suggests he was. Uh, Wes is uh, uh, one of the most amazing people I've ever worked for. One of the best directors I've ever worked for. He, he knows how, you know, it's just him. It's not just like he knows how to deal with people. It's just how he is. Wes, I, I always say this to people. Wes is the opposite of his movies. Wes mm. is all heart and love and peace and chill and relax and let's get it done and love for everyone and every it was on set it was one big family everybody was just you know really supportive and he, and he treated everyone from the smallest part to the biggest part the same there was no there was no uh, uh picking or choosing for him everybody was as important everybody played their part in the puzzle for the machine to work so to speak and uh, i mean my experience as the stand master as it became was was even more amazing for in comparing to some other parts because every day because it, it wasn't developed originally every day when i sat in a makeup chair you know i had to sit in makeup chair for six hours a day <laughs> for six weeks uh, every day i sat there and got my face down on my shoulders and all that he came in with new pages he's like hey what do you think about this what do you think about this and then one day i think i don't know for like one week into the movie he came in with the biggest smile on his face. He said, I got your character's name now. He's the Stairmaster. I'm like, <laughs> at that moment, I, I get goosebumps telling you because at that moment, I felt something. I'm a guy, oh, wow, he's creating, he's creating a, a, a cult now. He's creating a myth legendary. I was hoping, but it felt like it. Yeah, definitely. As a horror fan, it's just, it's awesome to hear that kind of stuff. And he had at the time just come off the um the box office failure of Shocker. So at that time, do you know how he was feeling? Like was that um dejection clear or was his enthusiasm for people under the stairs just, you know, all too much? 
No, I, I don't think you didn't see that much. He was West was West. West was very confident and secure, and, and I mean he uh, he knew what he wanted to do with this movie, and and uh, you probably heard this before, but you know this this was actually based on true events. The people on the stairs. It was a sister and brother couple in Santa Monica, California, here that kidnapped. You know, try to get the perfect baby. They were twisted, obviously, uh, and they uh, they pretended to be a married couple, but they were actually siblings. And they kidnapped children to get a perfect baby. I mean, obviously, some fiction in the movie of of eating people that came to the doors and stuff. You know that that never happened. But they did kidnap little children to have on their own, and they were slumlords. So this was in the seventies, and West mm. told me that he at that point all up to all up to Scream, every movie before Scream, he dreamed before he wrote it. Yeah. So. He, he read that article and then it just digested and digested. And almost 20 years later, he said one morning he woke up at 4 a.m. and was like, I got it. And then he wrote and then he had the screenplay in his mind. So it's been on his mind for quite, quite some time, this movie. So I don't think any recent failures back and forth affected him at all. Yeah, right. And now we come to, what, 30 years later and they're discussing, you know, remaking it, that sort of something that's been on the cards for a while. I don't suppose you have any sort of insight into that process, whether they are or aren't doing that. I, I believe they are. I believe Jordan Peele is doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's going to direct himself, but I know he's going to executive produce. I don't know where, where it is on his slate because he's quite busy. Uh, you know, he just came up with something else as well. But uh, I mean, he did do Candyman. Mm. Uh, and it was a success. So uh, I know he wants to do this is the, the the perfect story for Jordan Peele with the with the little, you know, the, the kid black hero yep. that yep. Uh, in, in the movie. Uh, I mean, it's like you said earlier, this message is more uh, and more important today or more or more present today than 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 it was then almost, you know, then it was somebody that was ahead of his time writing a story like that that was so entertaining that people didn't really even get the message until years later. But now, making the movie now, everybody will get the message immediately because it, that's what it's all about now. Mm. So it's very much in time to do a remake. Uh, you know, Wes wanted to do a sequel. Uh, we talked about a sequel right afterwards. It was going to be the, the me and some of the boys, how we lived, you know, outside the the basement and all that, that, that fell through because he didn't feel like he got the perfect story. Uh, they were, Universal has been on him, were on him for years and years to do a sequel and or to do a remake. And he never really felt comfortable doing it because it was, you know, you don't, like he always says, you don't fix something that's perfect. He doesn't, he didn't really want to do it. Mm. He did do and I, you know, I'm, I don't know if you're aware of your listeners are aware, but you know, he was he did sign a deal with uh, United uh, Cable, uh, Universal Cable TV series uh, for a TV series, The People Under the Stairs, right before he died. I think they signed the deal in May. He contacted me. I actually still have Twitter messages saying, you know, talking about me being in it for sure. And then I, I was all excited. He's like, we're gonna work again. I'm finally doing something else with people on the stairs. We're going to do this TV series. And then, uh, you know, August, he passed away, unfortunately. So that I know if you look in the docket, it's still on their docket. In, <laughs> that, yeah. But, you know, in development. But I doubt very much it's going to happen. 
Yeah, sure. Um, I did. I had read that. Um, we're almost out of time. I wanted to quickly just pay you a compliment because one of our favourite films here at um, Good Movie Monday last year was Sky Sharks. And it is one of the most <laughs> batshit crazy films we've ever seen. We interviewed the director. Um, yeah, we, we love it. And, you know, just that's a, the kind of movie I would love to be involved with. So, you know, just congratulations on that one because, you know, not enough people talk about it. Oh, I know. It was fun. You know, like that whole movie is shot on green screen. I'm sure the director told you. Yeah. Uh, I think they did some exteriors in New York, but everything else was just... Uh, I didn't see another actor, like more than the one who played my wife and, and, and so forth. But uh, I was shooting the same time as Tony Todd and Naomi Grossman and, and Dave Sheridan. We all shot the same time, uh, one, one after the other. Like not at the same time exactly, but we were all in Germany together. Yeah. And uh, one went into the studio and shot his scenes on green screen. I shot four different scenes on the green screen. They just changed my clothes. And they said, now you're in the library now. I mean, everything wasn't kept in the movie, but I had four different, like, I'm in the library, now you're in your office. So it was a very, very different experience. And it's a very different kind of film. So, yeah, but um, there we go. Um, Jan, thank you so much for taking time for uh, to talk to us about this. You know, People Under the Stairs is, is an important film to us, as it is to a lot of people. It is screening um, down here in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time at the Melbourne Horror Film Society's uh, screening. So thank you, and, um, and good luck with whatever project you've got coming up. Oh, thank you so very much. It was a pleasure being here, and uh, love to come back again. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. I am so happy to be back. I realize I said we shot the well, out of order, but I am so happy. We've missed Gentle Ben. You guys ever remember that guy named Wes Craven? We never got to meet him. We're huge fans. Well, we're yes. big fans. He made some movies that are very important to us. I want to talk about The Serpent and the Rainbow. Bill Pullman was a comedy actor. How the hell he got cast in this, I don't know. Well, actually, it's kind of accidental he got cast uh mel brooks saw him in ruthless people and that's the reason why i put him in space balls and he couldn't get his other person that he wanted to just went to bill pullman because the other person wanted more money but how he got into the serpent and rainbow i don't know but i actually think he pulls it off fairly well and the serpent and rainbow tends to kind of lose its edge in that third act because it just goes completely batshit beyond believable berserk do you guys agree yeah, it's like he, he, he it, the first two acts were great, but he, it was going so crazy that he just couldn't figure out how to steer it. It just kind of steer it, and then it's 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 because it's loosely based on a story uh, that happened to somebody. But I don't care what Tarantino says. As much as I like the coffin scene, the buried alive scene in Kill Bill, Serpent in the Rainbow. Yeah, it's still it's still I still think about it. And I love Tarantino. That's still the best scene, uh, best buried alive scene of all time. I wanted to talk about his work on uh, Paris. I can't speak French. Uh, Paris, I love yeah. you, basically. I wanted to talk about that, but I'll be honest. I haven't seen that film in so long that I can't tell you exactly which one is his. So instead, I'm going to talk about The Last House on the Left. It's a movie that he did that has probably had the biggest stick with my mind yeah. scenes in it it was his first one that he wrote and directed i believe joe if i'm, I'm not wrong yeah it was the first one that he wrote and directed that would didn't have a lot of nudity if and i'm going to end that sentence it, yeah it was an earlier screenplay had been written by ula isaacson i believe but he he updated it and and, and it's based it. on the virgin springs and but it is literally probably one of the the grittiest movies i've ever seen uh, the backstory behind him cutting out an R rating that was approved and sticking it on his because it got an X rating. And now, by the way, I think that would be impossible. But um, yeah, do it. 
but it is it is probably I mean I, I know everybody thinks Nightmare on Elm Street and people are saying it's another film, but for me, those are I mean those are are, are horror. They're science. This is something that could in theory happen, and it just sticks that much darker. And now that I'm a parent, it sticks even darker. Uh, because it seems a little bit more feasible now than it even did before I had kids. That, and you could very well take a chainsaw to somebody if someone did something to your kids. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, actually, I've been thinking about doing it uh, to just try it out. Make sure I know what I'm doing. Right. Okay. <laughs> so is the, the, is the movie I'm going to talk about my favorite West Craven film? No. Was it's, it's not. It's not. Anywhere, it's not anywhere close. <laughs> but when you think of West Craven's ar- arsenal of movies... One that I don't think it's talked about enough, Vampire in Brooklyn. I rewatched it a few weeks ago. What do you think? I like scenes. So I didn't hate it when it came out. I saw it in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom actually took me. And I, I remember people shitting on it. And I didn't hate it. There's some scenes at work in it. It's just uneven as hell. It's all over the place. It's all it, over the damn you place. Don't, and the story is so cliched. Yeah, and you're trying to, it's, is it a comedy? Is it a horror film? There, it's just, there's no, there's it needed, no rhyme. It needed to be a comedy because it, it doesn't, it, when it tries to be a horror film, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's got the dropsies. I, I honestly feel Kadeem Hardison, or is it Hardison or Harrison? <laughs> it's Hardison. Harrison, I think. Kadeem Hardison. And when John, when him and John Witherspoon are on the screen, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant comedy. But then it's Eddie Murphy trying to be too serious. And then Angela Bassett, who, one of the greatest actresses in our in our our time but she just does not fit and there's nothing for her to do she's playing it too serious yeah but i love this movie i loved it when it came out i liked it i still but as i've grown older i've actually enjoy it more and more even though i know that there are parts in it that are just they don't mesh chad i still loved him as the preacher and the preacher scene yeah because of the church i was like god <laughs> yeah, it's great. Let's go outside. And it's Wes Craven directing it. And I really think he did a good job with the material that he got. And I wanted to give one special shout out to uh one movie. And again, one of those movies that doesn't get talked about by Wes Craven because it scared the living shit out of me as a kid. Shocker. It now it's campy, it's it's corny. It's but another when one was, that falls falls it falls away in the third act. Yeah. Jumping uh, to the TV screens is just but when the dead girlfriend comes out of the lake. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Waiting for a call, Ben. Ben. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics to Ben. Thank you, Boneheads. Joey, Chad, and James come to us from the Bonehead Weekly Podcast all the way from Kentucky in the US. Definitely find them. Give their show a listen. They have great conversations. Um, some really cool guests on there, too. You've been listening to a few of them lately. I have. I, the last one I listened to where they were talking about pirate movies. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me even <laughs> even <laughs> I would have reacted that way even if it wasn't it was pirate. a pirate movie. <laughs> even they didn't stoop that low <laughs> and make that gag. <laughs> well, Actually, they, they have, you, have you listened to the Jim Wynorski one yet? No. Oh, get no, there. I don't want to get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll probably make you angry. It made me angry. It made me angry to realize I could never do it. Well, well it's, I never, I could never. Blah, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely a good listen. And blah, blah, I, Andrew Dickinson, blah, blah, blah. I, re- I recommend that people also watch their episodes on YouTube because watching them is also quite fun. Oh yeah, I should have watched them. I can't do it. I listen to podcasts when I take the dog for a walk. Oh. Yeah, I haven't got two hours to watch them on TV. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's a bit of a BYOKY affair, yeah? <laughs> it's like so much. 
Like so much in my life at the moment. <laughs> no one ever, no one else ever supplies the well, KY. <laughs> speaking of a KY viewing. <clears throat> that Brew McClanahan, let me tell you what. <laughs> Mate, when we think about the Golden Girls, we think about a house full of like old women. But dude, like they were in there. Like early 50s to mid 50s when they filmed that, and you and I are like almost mid 40s. Yeah, that's right. That's if scary. we moved into a house together, <laughs> it could be the Golden Girls. We could do the Golden Girls. Well, I look at you and I think, thank you for being a friend, mate. <laughs> it's one of the few theme songs from television that I know every word from. Yeah. Although I, I, I thought I did, and then I looked up the lyrics, and like there's a whole verses of that song that I was like, I didn't hear. I, don't what I love about that song is that song. It means so much. Like the lyrics are like absolutely yeah. beautiful, and it like it, just, it sums up that show perfectly. Mm. Yeah, Family Ties does as well. Let's oh, face yeah. it. Yeah, and I probably know Family Ties better than Golden Girls, which is weird. Yeah, well, I mean, there's very few like sitcoms that really stand the test of time as far as like relevance, and I think they're two of them. Like Seinfeld, I couldn't maybe. tell you, I couldn't tell you what the theme song is to My Two Dads. No, or no. Joey. What was the one with <laughs> or uh, Perfect Strangers? Perfect Strangers. No, I can't remember that one. <laughs> Different strokes, I could. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh... well, let's uh, let's get serious for a moment because we have lost quite a few people since we recorded last in December, and the biggest loss, of course, to the Good Movie Monday show would be Betty White, who we've been protecting with various spells and enchantments <laughs> since we started the show. I watch I watch her episode of Tanked every week, <laughs> and I mean, obviously, she was old. I mean, she was two weeks off one hundred, so it's not like it was unexpected or anything, but like. It still shocked me, like because you know, yeah. we thought she was invincible, but um, yeah, so, yeah. The best thing about it, and I say that, <laughs> understanding what I, what it sounds like, but the best thing about it was it gave me another excuse to rewatch Lake Placid. It's, oh, yeah. I did that immediately. Yep, like, I did too. Yeah, like, I'm not going to watch the proposal again. <laughs> well, probably I will, because <laughs> because Sandy Bullock is a treasure, <laughs> but uh, so much so he calls her Sandy. I call her Sandy. Yeah. And, I mean, look. Blindside is really her, the top of the... Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I will watch it. Lake, but Lake Placid is great. So good. Oliver Platt, Betty White, that girl from The Journey of Natty Gan. <laughs> Meredith, the one who's... She's married to... Um, what's her name now? To um, that little fat short comedian <laughs> from... Uh, <laughs> Take your pick. There's a few of those. <laughs> There's a few of those. <laughs> But you've also got anyway. um, Bridget Fonda's in there, and yeah, did you say Bill Pullman, or did you say both of them? I didn't. I didn't realize. I forgot that Bill Pullman was in it. I yeah. keep forgetting. I mean, but that's always been Bill Pullman's problem, hasn't it? He's, he's not quite. <laughs> he's not quite Harrison Ford. <laughs> he's like the TV Harrison Ford, and I love Sleepless. Well, he's I love, the Spaceballs uh, Harrison Ford. While you were sleeping, he is. He is the Spaceballs <laughs> Harrison Ford. All right. So some other people <laughs> we've lost. Um, huge hit when um, Ivan Reitman passed away. Massive. Massive. I mean, what the hell's that about? He was a genius. Yeah, <laughs> I, withdrew, I withheld the <laughs> the need to do the Arnie accent then. But yeah, he was good. he was a genius. Yes, um, I mean, coincidentally, the new Ghostbusters is called Afterlife, and they pay tribute to Howard Ramis. So there's got to be some kind of. Well, in the I reckon. Well, because well, Bob Gunton played <laughs> yeah. dead Harold Ramis. Incredibly, I reckon Bob Gunton could actually also play dead Ivan Reitman if he had to. Yeah, true. Because he's a very talented. Well, Jason man. Reitman could. Right, now he's got a beard. 
<laughs> because that's you know that's impossible <laughs> to get around. You know? I, as someone who has a beard, <laughs> say that it would take quite a lot to get me to get rid of it because it takes a long time to grow in. For some, for some people, like some people, they just stick their thumb in their mouth and blow, and they get a whole, they get a full beard. Where this guy, this this beard, when I first grew it, I called it my depression beard, and it took like six months. Six months of like turning up to like to work slop like <laughs> the people commented on it and, like, and I was like no I'm growing my depression beard why are you depressed because I work here that didn't I thought that was hilarious that did not go down as well as they were not fans of me telling them that working there was making me suicidal. <laughs> I'm hoping that, that no one else on my list um, committed suicide because that would be an awful joke yeah. to tell. Uh, but no, Bob Saget, very big loss for me anyway because yeah. that guy was just everything. I loved him. Because he directed Dirty Work. He directed Dirty Work. He was the best thing about the Aristocats. Cat, I should say the Aristocrats. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> you don't want to be telling that joke yeah, in the Aristocats. Um, Aristocrats. Louis Anderson. Like that one hit me harder than I thought it would have because he's kind of you know been off the radar for a while. I was going to say I thought it happened a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> he's been he had been doing some great stand up stuff in the last couple of years, which I had been watching on YouTube and, and things like that. Uh, Meatloaf, Sidney Poitier, Peter Bogdanovich, like some big ones. Big. And we're only in March. Yeah. Know? So there's still time for many more. So well, that's that's <laughs> some, that note. <laughs> I'd be very. I'm going to be very interested. We should take note of who appears in the in memorandum section at the Oscars oh. this year, because that's always. I didn't realize how political that was mm. and how they mm-hmm. people campaign. Yeah. To have, you know, their. There's been some or outrageous their... omissions yeah. too. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. Pretty much, if you're making movies, you you have a right to be yeah. in there. I guess you know, within that you know industry, you know, mm. Hollywood, you know, whatever. But. Okay, Ben, if um if spells aren't working because clearly we've lost Betty after an entire year of, you know, doing what we well, do. I, think I've, I mean, I've probably made it worse by con- constantly saying, has she died? <laughs> <laughs> well, All I last year? think that some kind of nude Wiccan style ritual is in order uh, to protect these people. Let's do it now. <laughs> Mal, you don't have to participate, Mal. This is a, this is do a... I have to watch? <laughs> do you have to yes, watch? Yes, you do. Don't I think you... I'd rather participate <laughs> than watch. <laughs> No Fine by us. <laughs> Hello and happy Monday, friends. I'm Chloe from Movie Night with the Richie Girls, the podcast where I pretend to know a lot about movies, but actually know fuck all about movies. I just like to boast about how I know fuck all about movies. I've landed this week on a movie that intrigued me because it was partially filmed in Australia, but mostly because it stars Harry Potter himself. And even though Harry Potter is a bloody brilliant movie about survival, I've decided to take the much less predictable approach this week and focus on a little 2017 jungle flick, also by the name of Jungle. For those who haven't seen the film, it's based on a true story and a novel written and lived by Yossi Ginsberg, a young Israeli backpacker who makes his way through the Bolivian jungle in search of adventure and proof of tales of lost Indian tribes, only to get lost. Yossi does all he can to make his way out alive, but does he? Well, of course he does, because he wrote the bloody book, and along with Justin Monjo, was a writer for the movie. Made you wonder a bit though there for a second, didn't I? Major props go to Greg McLean, who somewhat seamlessly made the transition from what would call hardcore true horror to that of a completely different kind, the horrors of Mother Nature. Truly suspenseful, McLean's cinematography choices were inspired, 
And when it came to getting that emotion into the grueling jungle scenes, he just absolutely nailed it. You can practically feel the wetness and the sogginess. You can almost feel your wet socks causing trench foot. And I'd say I could almost understand the feeling of starvation, but that would be a lie because I watched this movie eating a toasty. It was a movie I initially watched for the lead actor and it ended up being a film I couldn't peel my eyes away from. This is an absolute recommendation from me and it will make you feel things and think things like along the lines of, no, honestly, he cannot survive this. There is no way. Jungle is a tale of friendship and adventure and how the human body and mind can go through so much turmoil and still make it out on the other side. This wasn't a usual watch for me, uh, but I am so, so glad I did. And if you haven't yet, please do yourself a favor and give it a go. I am also super, super glad to be back in your year holes, friends. That's my first unwarranted and soggy opinion of the season, and I am sticking to it. I thought it might be fun to do something a little bit different for this part of the show because we've got you here, Mel, um, representing Melbourne Horror Film Society. Let's uh, let's do some horror-related trivia. And, um, of course, if you're listening, you can play along too. We just won't be able to hear you, and uh, you'll probably get really cut and frustrated when we don't know any of these answers. <laughs> Stop shouting. Stop shouting. We can't hear you. I'm just, I'll just waiting for a bloody message from Jarrett. You know, he's on his morning walk, and he's like, don't you fucking know? And Jack... I know you're listening. <laughs> there are no Kung Pao questions because <laughs> Kung Pao, as great as it is, is not a horror film. <laughs> That's right. But we may have some Kung Pao goodness later in the year, so keep listening. Yeah. All righty. So Do we really? Or are you just teasing him with like a, so he has to keep listening just in case <laughs> that's the episode we talk well, about Kung Pao? Forever. To be determined. <laughs> so we've come to the show with three questions each. Um he or she, with the most correct answers here, wins, uh, let's say, a free shout at the next Melbourne Horror Film Society screening. What does that mean? Free beer. Or oh, drink. Okay. Coke, whatever you want. Water. That's actually water. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the free water I can drink. <laughs> so let's go around the table asking one question at a time. I'll go first just to get the ball rolling. I realise mine are really easy in my mind. Oh, like, don't say that because okay. I'm still not going to know it. I've only ever seen three horror films okay. in my entire life, <laughs> so I'm not going to have any idea. All right, so first to guess it, jump in, you know, whatever. Robert Rodriguez, the director of Desperado and Sin City, and Kevin Williamson of Screen Fame collaborated on which 1998 horror movie? The Faculty. There you go. See? Easy, man. Oh my god! Okay, I think I've peaked too early. <laughs> and I'm out. Ben, what do you got? Okay, well, this one's in parts. There's there's five parts to this question. <laughs> what? You're, well, not five parts. There's five things. Okay, name the horror films associated with these towns. Oh, oh god! <laughs> Number one, Potter's Bluff. I should know that's not the fog, is it? No. You should probably know. This. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at I'm, me like that. I'm pretty sure. I I'm, I'm, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you played it not too long ago. Oh, more than likely. The guys at the horror. I'm the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the like excitement, not the knowledge. <laughs> they're, they're like. I might have to dust out that Jeopardy sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. Um, well, that was that's dead and buried. Dead oh my god, of course it is. Oh, I love that. No, that was a million years ago. Yeah, I'm kind well, of like thinking, has it been long enough like that we recently. can bring that one back? Because yeah. I love it that. It is a good film. film. Yeah. It is a good one. Uh, number two, Antonio Bay. Fucking dead. God. 
See, he's tapping into the things I don't recall. Like, you know, yeah, when I, I watch movies. The name same, of the town. Yeah. If I said, like, yeah. Haddonfield. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, but... These movies are just as big as that. <laughs> what was this one again? Yeah, well, yeah. Antonio Bay. Antonio Bay. Birds. No. No, that was fun. You've actually already said the correct answer. <laughs> of course But I you have. said it for the last one. <laughs> it is The Fog. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, number three, Valentine Bluffs. <laughs> Ben's bluff? banned from this segment. <laughs> this one should be so fucking obvious. Uh, of course like, it should. Outrageously obvious. Oh, yeah, of course. Like outrageously obvious. Valentine's. <laughs> so close. My bloody Valentine. Oh my god, we just screamed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had a few beers. <laughs> yeah, so that was what, a week ago you screened that? No, it was Saturday night. Saturday night. <laughs> I told you it was it our home. party screening. Okay, number four Gatlin, Nebraska. Gatlin is, that has to be Children of the Corn. Correct, sir. So. Whew. I like a lot of these ones are set in Nebraska because the stand they go they go to Nebraska. It's either too. Maine or Nebraska, isn't it? And uh, this one's the town of Harmony. This Ooh. one's a bit of a trick question. Mm, no Harmony, that sounds familiar. I only know Harmony and Buffy. <laughs> not a town though. Not a town. Not well. a town. Well, she was familiar to a town. <laughs> it, it's, it's not <laughs> Tremors. That's perfection. Are we on? I'll the... give you a clue. Mm. To a degree, it's already come up. All right, let's just go well, back we have, to we all. We haven't talked about many okay. movies. No, let's talk. Let's now. think about all the movies we have talked yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, it's really come up in the question. Oh, in this oh question. God, I can't even remember that. Birds. <laughs> no. Because the birds is like. I'm just going to tell you because you never get it. It's it's funny enough. It's my bloody Valentine 3D. <laughs> <laughs> it's the remake. Fucking the hell. shitty remake. Well, am I the only one that got a question right there? Yeah, you See, that was like no. five questions, yeah. not one. So what I... are we? We're one each. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've already brought up the Oscars, but okay. So we're back on that tangent because I was like, where do I even start with thinking of questions, let alone answers to yep. the questions? So I went, I've gone with Academy Awards. So. Which Alfred Hitchcock film won an Oscar for Best Picture? Psycho? No. I... Say the birds again. <laughs> I, f- I fucking double dare you. For, um, <laughs> it's North by Northwest. No. Fuck. It's got to be a horror film, so it could be the birds. Hang on, did you say horror film? Oh, it's got to be a horror film. Because we're be which, which Alfred, talking about horror movies. Which Alfred Hitchcock uh, film? Topaz. Oh. The Trouble it's not, with It's Harry. not a horror film, is it? Fucking hell! Um, ooh, not it's not Vertigo. Um, nineteen forty. Ooh, not. Is it color or black and white? Well, black and white. Nineteen forty. Starts with letter. So it's not to catch a thief. R is rear window. No, I think I said that, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I think it's a Rear Window is like my favourite. Me too. Rope. No, it's not Rope. Oh, except it's not Rope. Well, um, toss up between that. Not the Saboteurs. Any of those ones? Sabotage, Saboteurs. The 39 uh, Steps. Okay. It's driving me want crazy. A real, want a really obvious clue? Yeah. Women's Day. Oh, um. Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. 
You said woman's name, and I'm thinking money, and I'm like, yeah. doesn't start <laughs> with R. <laughs> it's got an R in it, though. All right, so that's Lovely one red. each, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. After after the clue. And I am, <laughs> I am now convinced mine are too fucking easy, and this must be frustrating people listening. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Um, Horace Pinker is the name of the killer from which horror movie? Horace Pinker. He's a villain in a slasher film. Directed. It, it's the movie. By directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> it was his attempt to recreate a franchise like Nightmare on Elm Street. Shocker. Yes. Is it shocker? Yes. Mitch Pileggi played <laughs> Harris Horace Pinker. Ooh, that's Ooh. Right. Well, Ooh. as easy as you thought. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Ooh. better. Feeling better. All right, now do you want to stump us again? Yeah, is this uh, five parts? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the sass. The sass. <laughs> First episode in, already giving me shit. Good, uh, it's a good tactic. Uh, what is Treat Williams' character name in Dead Heat? Fuck, you're dead. It's like, when you hear it, it's like one of those stupid, it's like a stupid, almost like a superhero name. Like, um... Because you know, like in, Brick Brado or whatever. Yeah, it's it's even it's even worse than that. Because in if you haven't seen Dead Heat, Treat Williams is the cop who gets basically gets killed and comes back as a kind of zombie mm. cop. Where he slowly he slowly kind of turns into the zombie as the yeah. as the movie goes. I do not have the answer. So the to name this. is related to that. It's Roger Mortis. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Roger Mortis. Roger Mortis. <laughs> so so stupid and yet. Awesome. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. <laughs> All right. What do we got there, Mel? All right. Which horror film was the first of its genre to be nominate, nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Silence of the Lambs. Oh, no. I No. Fuck. Poltergeist? Exorcist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Lucky McKee and Jack Ketchum's film The Woman is a sequel to which shocking 2009 Offspring. horror movie? Offspring. Yes. That's not fair, though. Because you released, we released yeah. the woman <laughs> and looked at doing oh, offspring. Man. So I don't Playing think I should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was what was the I reason? The donut. Yeah. <laughs> what was the reason you for really not doing offspring? Water, don't you? For us not doing it? Yeah. Uh well, the the person who owned the rights just stopped replying to emails. Okay. And the movie is fucking terrible. Like the the Pollyanna McIntosh stuff, excellent. I was gonna say I quite the, like it, but it's a different film to the woman. But it's the guy, the the. Like the super unlikable kind of lead actor who's mm. playing an asshole in it, but he's so yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, but that's why we wanted to do it. We wanted to do it, uh, and as a, at the same time, we did the woman. Like that was the obvious thing, and they just stopped replying to emails. So right. So they Okie dokie. Sometimes it's just the way it goes. Mm. Right, right to you. Oh, up to me. Okay, this one has. There's three answers to this oh one. Oh my god! god. He's, yeah, what was Name he the three films oh, Jesus. in Dario Gento's Three Mothers. Trilogy. Oh, that's oh. an easy one. You want to take it? No, uh, no, you go. Suspiria, okay. um, Inferno, and Mother of Tears. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yep. Is this the final? Yep. <laughs> All right, final. Get Out was the most recent horror film to be nominated for Best Picture. Can you name the one that came before it? Oh. Horror film, best mm-hmm. picture, one before it. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs? No. God, Silence is really Not killing me. Yeah. <laughs> After Silence of the Lambs, horror film. 
And is it a straight out horror or would you... Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Is it more of a thriller with tropes or an elevated horror? Copycat. <laughs> <laughs> that scene where Harry Connick Jr. licks the knife is terrifying. <laughs> Very scary. Oh, um... Bone Collector. Not the witch? No. I give up. 2010. Oh, 2010. Oh, it's a 2010. It film. follows... I thought it was like the sequel to 2001 when he said 2010. I'm like, ooh. Have, have I seen it? Have I seen it? You would have. <laughs> Probably haven't. <laughs> no, nah, you wouldn't. Uh, is it Mark Hartley's remake of Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> no? No. There's Glenn Havoc right. here. Oh, gee. Probably does. Is it Prom Night 4? <laughs> <laughs> no. Staring at the collection. My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, what else can I... Give us one more hint and then just... Um, it's kind of... There's some body horror elements in it. Is it The Fly? That's 2010. That's not It Follows. <laughs> nope. I don't um, remember anything being nominated for an Oscar. I forget the Oscars every year. There is... This is just going to give it away. Sorry. All right. Much. That's um, fine. De- like dance. Dance. Well, dance. I mean, if I say the other word, word it's like. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. A performance. <clears throat> oh. Leading up to a performance. Save the last dance. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was truly horrifying. <laughs> there are right, so many people right now fucking angry, right? Yeah. And this was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Best Picture. Amazing. With a dance in it. Because it's not Suspiria remake. That had a dance in it. It does have a dance in 2010. it. 2010. Fuck if um, I know. No, I don't know. Two sides. Two sides. Uh, performance. West Side of, Story. Performance of two sides of a person. Confusing whether one side is even exists. Like there's like a whole like Aronofsky. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Black Swan. Yes, Black Swan. Fucking dance. Uh, yeah, I've only seen the clips on Pornhub. I, seen <laughs> the I was going to say, very, oh, that was my very sexy. Very, very, I, mean, I was, I was very, close very enough with Suspiria. Suspiria was close It's enough. like that or, or Closer. The two. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman, anyone? Don't mind if I do. Is this ever going to end? Yes. I promise you it will end. Well, that's almost it. That's our first Ooh. show back. Not bad. Um, there you go, Mel. You've done. You've uh, one down, many to go. And um, let's give people under the stairs screening one last plug. It is on the 29th. 29th of March. Tuesday night. Long play. North Fitzroy. Um, more, te- more details for everything you do are on your Facebook page. You can visit the website, which is melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org. There we go. <laughs> um, so good luck with that, Mel. Thank you'll probably you. see me there. Um, of course, you'll be joining us for this week's midweek videos. Excellent. So looking forward to that. Um, and our midweek videos everyone can find on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or even our website, goodmoviemonday.com. Or the TikTok. No. <laughs> the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> the t- join us on the TikTok. And what about Letterbox, Ben? Oh, no. He's just thought, I have to go and oh. do the Letterbox again. Bloody hell! I was, I've all, I'm logged in as me now. I can't remember the logins for the for the show's letterbox. Well, 
Thank you so much uh, for stepping on to the uh, Good Movie Monday team, Mel. Um, I cannot wait to get you involved in some more of what we do. Um, next Monday, Ben and I will be discussing survivalist films, and um, our special guest is going to be a director called John Keyes, um, who's written a new film called The Survivalist and directed as well with John Malkovich. I Malkovic. could have talked about Night of the Comet. <laughs> Good have. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to that one. Huge thanks to everyone listening. Once again, please jump onto those social media pages. Join the conversation. Like, engage with us. Uh, we would love that. The show doesn't end here. It goes onto the socials all week long. But that's it. Let's leave everyone with a doozy. Another song selected by you, Ben. This one is called Summertime by Billy Stewart. Oh. <laughs> I can't do the, even the beginning bit, which is great. Well, I was, <laughs> was going to say... Do stick with this one because it does take a little bit of warming up. <laughs> it does. That, that, that opening, <laughs> whatever it is that he does, it's amazing. Uh, but ha! He does a lot of that too. <laughs> when, he, uh, <laughs> when he takes off, it's awesome. It's, it's a cracker of a song. It is. And it's from the movie Stuck On You. I, to be honest, I picked the song. And then when you maybe uh, tie it to a movie, I had to do a Google search and find <laughs> out if it had ever been in the soundtrack. <laughs> Lucky for me, it had. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everyone. Catch you then.
Let a tear fall up from your eye. 